0: Blue Shirts Radio.
1: What's going on, Ranger fans? Zach and JL here this week. Uh, Russell is unable to make this week's episode, but as they say, the show must go on. So, uh, JL, how are you doing, man? Hello, hello, hello. I am good. I have drank too much
0: soda, so I am ready to go. I am fantastic. I can't wait to, for Rangers uh, hockey to start. I'm really eager to see how these prospects work out in Traverse City, and I just want to be back at Madison Square Garden already, man. Goodness.
1: But yeah, I'm good. I know. <laughs> I know. It's been it's been far too long. <laughs> um, for everyone who doesn't follow us on Twitter, uh, me at Zach4B and JL, uh, JL Chaparro 8 uh, you could see that we've been chomping at the bit. Uh, I've been posting a uh, countdown player or players every day for the about the last three weeks already. So uh, September can't end soon enough, as uh, Green Day so infamously sang. But uh, let's get right into it. So as JL mentioned, we're going to talk about the Traverse City tournament, obviously uh, the premier prospect tournament. Uh, that the Rangers are invited to almost every summer now. Um, this year's roster has a number of notable names. Um, leah Anderson, Phillip Piedel, um Brett Howden, Joey Keane, a whole bunch of young budding talent, Ty Ronning, who was, I believe, captain at last year's tournament. So we're going to give you guys a couple uh, players to watch out for. And maybe some uh, maybe interesting storylines. So, JL, what do you um, what do you think about this year's tournament roster, and and who are your players to watch out for?
0: Well, I can tell you this. I'm going to begin with this, and then I'll, I'll go into who I think is going to be good. It's kind of weird seeing a Brodeur in a Rangers jersey, especially I know, I considering that is his, his son. <laughs> you know, uh, apparently, I guess they decides to throw him a flyer and see how he turns out. I mean, you never know. He could end. He could end up being the guy that replaces him. Yeah, with I mean, there was, with all, there was all the, the irony uh, there.
1: One of the Rangers beat reporters who was at the uh, practice today at the uh, training center up in Westchester took video from behind his net and it said Brodeur. And I'm looking at him, just thinking, what has this world come to? <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it's a strange sight to see Brodeur
0: in Ranger blue but uh other than that uh i am looking at the roster right here i did I, I mean i looked up a lot of these players uh significantly throughout the season i mean i did a lot of uh, uh a lot of writing uh if anyone wants to check out some of the uh, North American Prospects previews that we have on uh, Forever Blue Shirts by all means, so in, that, in doing that I got, I got familiar with a lot of players on here uh, one player obviously that stands out to me is Ty Ronning, as everyone knows it's Cliff Ronning's son, but one of the things I noticed that Ty Ronning was doing was that as I was doing the research on him when I released the articles every so often, I noticed that he was getting better as the season progressed So as he was getting better and the season progressed, it seemed to me he was developing more and more into the type of player that he could potentially be. You know, now I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, well, everyone that scores 50 goals in uh, the WHL is going to be a guaranteed lock, but scoring 50 goals is not exactly an easy thing to do as well. So I think he may, I'm curious to see how he does, and I really hope that he can take that and translate it to a more NHL-style game, and he can, you know, uh, elevate it on a different level. I'm also eager to see how Brett Howden does. Now, even though the crown jewel of that trade outside of the Mesnikov was um, Libor Hayek, who I think is here, too. He's here, too. Um, Brett Howden is going to be one of those guys that if he pans out he can be a solid bottom six forward for this team that they've been so desperately lacking since Brian Boyle left you know now people can refute me all they want about that but Brian Boyle was someone who really anchored this team for a very long time and when we lost him and then Stepan left you know there wasn't any really anyone to anchor the you know the bottom pair C uh, center so I'm eager to see how he does he also killed it uh, in the uh, in the uh, postseason for the Moose Jaw Warriors, if I'm correct, and, and obviously H- Anderson and Heedle, of course, I mean they've had NHL experience. They're still young, so more than likely they'll be on the roster. But it'll be it'll be you know interesting to see how they are able to translate their talent from being in juniors, from playing a little bit in the NHL, to coming to the tournament, and then potentially maybe doing more in the NHL, so uh, that would be interesting. And one more name that I want to point out, um, actually two more names real quick, are Michael Lindquist and Vili Meskinen. Now, I think I may have said this the last time I was on the podcast, but uh, these two guys right here are awesome, okay? And I like that they're both shooters, Lindquist especially. I watch a lot of his highlights online. Now, I'm no professional scout, but I watch a lot of his highlights online, and there's something about him that reminds me of a better shooter, a better Jesper Foss with a better shot. And that's good because Fast is one of the, you know, key players for this team currently. And with Meskin, and he's definitely got the hands and he definitely has the talent to really flourish into like a good second line winger. Even, you know, if he really picks up on his talent, then he can be a first-liner, if anything. So I'm eager to see how those guys do. So, I mean, I'm going to pay attention and, and see what happens, you know. Uh, it's definitely something I'm looking forward to, and it's just, you know, we're all desperate for hockey, so this is definitely a start.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you on a few of those points. Uh, first of all, Ty Ronning, Cliff Ronning's son, Cliff Ronning, who was on the Canucks when the Rangers won in 94, so that's got to, you know, him a little bit that his son's going to be playing for the team that beat him. Um, <laughs> yeah. which, which is which always oh, yeah. nice to point out. Um, mm-hmm. And I agree with you with Meskinen and Linkvist. I, I really like that the Rangers were active in going after right-handed wingers because their only right-handed threat last season was Mika Zibanejad and he's mm-hmm. a center. And the only time he really ends up on the wing is on the power play. So having mm-hmm. a Having another shot first guy, they have Vinny Letter uh, who's also like that, but for some reason he wasn't able to stick last season with um he who shall remain nameless behind the bench and <laughs> oh are we are we doing and, that now
0: <laughs> are we yeah, we might we might,
1: as, we, we might as well, it, well there's no <laughs> reason to look at the past and yeah. uh and um you know he Leteri has a fantastic shot. Linkfist and Meskin, from what I've seen, are shoot-first guys who both possess uh, quick releases. So that'll be an interesting battle uh, to see at camp if, indeed, Linkfist and Meskinen and Letary are all in the thick of a spot for the third or fourth line wing. Uh, so my players to watch, though, are, aside from Anderson and Hidal, obviously, I'm interested in Sean Day. Now, he was a highly touted pick when the Rangers picked him uh, in the draft a few years ago. He was an mm-hmm. underage exception in the OHL. Uh, he was able to start playing at 15, I believe, um, when the uh, the general rule is 16 or 17. So something about that intrigues me that he hasn't been able to make the jump yet from juniors through the pro ranks. He's now too old to play in juniors. So it's either going to be Rangers, Hartford, or now Maine and ECHL for Sean Day. So this is kind of, to me, this is kind of his last um, straw to kind of get himself, you know, into the good graces of Ranger management. They've had him, they've had him for a while now. Uh, he's really got to prove himself. I Speaking of defensemen, though, Joey Keane, who the Rangers took this year, has looked fantastic um in the summer showcase with Team USA and so far in the preseason with the Barry Colts uh he had a ridiculous shootout goal um in practice that you could find on Twitter in one of the team oh, yeah. practices he registered sweet, a couple silky of points, smooth sweet silky hands from the from the blue line um also or oh, uh, I believe he's right-handed which is also nice cuz the last Rangers you know Offensive right-handed defenseman. Obviously, you have Kevin Shattenkirk, but he's not—he wasn't homegrown. The last one would have been, you know, Sergei Zubov, and that's Oof. a long time ago. And I don't even know—I don't even know if—if if he came up with the Rangers. I, I wasn't—I—I I was barely alive. I think he, he with did. I would I I assume so. We could look it up real quick, but um, yeah, but regardless. Um, he he looks like a real yeah, he was homegrown. Drafted yes. in nineteen ninety by the Rangers. In ninety, yeah. Um so he's another guy who, if he can put it all together, would be another offensive blue line option. You also have Tony D'Angelo, um, who's offensive minded, but Joey Keen looks like a real solid prospect. Uh if we look at the forwards, Dawson Little kinda of, and Tim Getting Tim Gettinger or Tim gettinger intrigued me also um has been on the Rangers radar for a while. I think I believe he was in Hartford last season, so look for him to try and make an impact and gettinger um was one of the was in the leadership group with the uh suny Greyhounds. So, not yeah, saint Marie yeah. why did i say SUNY? saint saint Marie I yeah. graduated college, you'd think I'd be done with that uh so it's assistant is <laughs> uh Greyhounds where he uh, i believe was an assistant captain or or captain um an assistant and captain. he yeah. right, and he mm-hmm. put up a lot of points, led them i think to an o h l title um they got to the memorial cup, but he's another guy who like Howden and like. Um, Philip and Leah Anderson and, uh, you know, and Boone are all going to be fighting for that bottom six center role. And if he could have a good prospect tournament and a good camp, that might go a long way for him. Um, so yep. let's transition to more Rangers news. Speaking of prospects, uh, the KHL season is underway, and there are some Rangers prospects playing, over there, Patrick Rediff for HC Slovan Bratislava, um, has their only go- had their only goal of the season uh, coming into today's game. I don't know what they did today, but he did not play today. He was, reports were that he was slightly injured. Uh, his goal was very nice. Picked up a loose puck from uh, between the hash marks. Quick, quick release, rifle into the top corner. Um, he's a guy that has been kind of below the radar for the Rangers in terms of their international, especially with um Elias Anderson and Filipino and Igor Shorkin um all claiming those top spots. But, you know, he's he's had a solid start to his season. Hopefully his injury isn't too serious and he can be back in the lineup uh pretty soon. Uh the other player who's started so far, I'm trying to remember. Oh, Lori Pajuniame. Thank you. Thank you, oh, okay. Elite Prospects. Yeah. <laughs> they um they had Champions League uh action today. There is a Champions Hockey League, much like there's a Champions Soccer League, um for all the European clubs. The Liga hasn't started yet, but in uh in today's Champions League action, Pajuniami scored a goal on a very slick redirect, which you can see on um, on my Twitter page and on the 4B NYR Game Day Twitter page. Um, just a very nice tip uh, as he was gliding between the hash marks on a point shot. Um, so that was a draft pick from this season. So he probably saw us a year or two in Finland um, before he comes over to North America. But so far, so good from those two uh j l do you have any thoughts on Paniemi or any of the other European prospects so far? well,
0: just uh have, having done my research on uh Pangi and, and 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 the thing is all these Finnish people Finnish players I have to take some time to learn how to pronounce their names because you know I love the Finns but your names confuse me
1: and I don't say that in a
0: bad way that's just because I'm a, I'm an American and that's no offense to mm-hmm. Americans but we're not used to pronouncing Finnish names um but uh you know just looking at uh what I saw from Panginemi he the he definitely has uh, skill, and he's a right-handed right-winger to boot, so that is definitely something that they can uh, take into account. It seems like he has a lot of, uh, from just what I've seen, it seems like he's good, he's quick, like he's a quick player, and he seems to move the puck well, you know, uh, it's a little different than some other players that I've seen, you know, but um, in terms of this new NHL game that we're that the league is transitioning to, I feel like uh, a player like uh, Pangianemi here would be a good you know, bottom line player for the Rangers if he somehow makes it because you know everything's going quick and one of the things that you need to do is not only to be quick in the corners but also be good in tight spaces and I feel like this is a trend that I was mentioning again on the last podcast that it was on. Uh, a lot of the players that the Rangers picked in the draft, including Vitali Kratzov, him, you know, Vitali Kratzov, uh, him too. Um, you know, they're picking a lot of players who are not only are they good with the puck, but it seems like they're just good in their own end. You know what I mean? And it's kind of a far cry from how the Rangers used to draft back in the day. Um, one player that stands out to me the most is, is is JT Miller. And now I love JT Miller. I do. He did a lot for this te- I, he did a lot for this team, and he was one of my favorites. But one of the things I noticed about Miller was that Miller didn't exactly have the hands to kind of stick around with the uh, improving Rangers in terms of, you know, their, their, what they wanted to do. So he was always kind of like the odd man out. And even when he was here and he was doing well, Miller always seemed like the odd man out. So now that he's traded, you know, and they're getting, you know, you could tell that the Rangers are starting to transition. Now Vitaly Kratzoff, on the other hand, this kid keeps impressing me more and more and more and more as the day goes, as the days go on. And I really wish... He had a little more. He had his game is it was advanced a little more because I would just love to see him here on Broadway. But I guess you know, good things come to those who wait. You know. But the one thing I like about Kratzov is that it seems like, you know, even though there were a couple times where I saw that he was, you know, was you know, kept down, it seems like every time he is on the ice, something happens. You know or whenever he's on the ice, he makes some kind of nice play or makes a nice pass or, or puts a good move. If this really ends up panning out, the Rangers hit a home run with this kid. Really. He's tall, he can add size, and he has the hands. So I really think this draft, uh, you know, with players like Nils Lundqvist and uh, um, Vitali Kratsov and, and Billy Meskinen and Lori Pangeaniemi and uh, even um, Keandre Miller, you know they're picking a lot of guys who are good with the puck, and I feel like they're building off of the old oh not old but the recent uh, you know Maple Leaf setup and you know how Pittsburgh puts their teams together. You know so I feel like you know the Rangers are starting to see that and they're changing. So I you know I'm I'm excited. I really am. I'm very excited. I love Wallstrom, but I think if everything turns out right, Kratsov will have a bigger impact on the Rangers than uh, Wallstrom.
1: And to your point on Kravtsov, six, uh, 185 pounds, if he gets up to 200 and, and puts on some muscle, he can be the he can be the throwback Rick Nash that the mm-hmm. Rangers can have um, for a while. I completely forgot about Kravtsov in the KHL season, but uh, he had a disallowed goal for Tractor uh, the other day due to a crease violation. Uh, he went hard to the net uh wrapped it around the goalie uh from the top of the crease on the backhand but his uh his teammate was in the blue paint and in the European leagues you are not allowed to be in the blue paint uh otherwise they disallow the goal so what is this 1999 <laughs> apparently you know uh, whatever i'm not going to say anything else um so let's move on to one more thing before we preview the Atlantic division. Uh, Vic Hadfield, the Ranger icon, legend, uh, gag line winger, will have his number retired on December 2nd against the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, for some, it's a long overdue honor, as some people pointed out on uh, in the comments on our blog. Um, for me personally, I obviously never saw him play live. JL, you obviously never saw him play live. Um but when when you're part of a, a line that got its own nickname for being that good, you know, if if it should it have happened sooner, maybe, but you and I are both Mets fans. They don't have a, a Tom Seaver <laughs> statue or a Mike Piazza statue. No. Or, you know not yet. You know, yeah. So so You know, I I can't really blame a team for not doing something like this sooner or later, Um, but it it will be a nice night. Uh, It was announced last season at the Jean Rattel retirement night, which forced Jesper Foss to change his number from 19 to 17 um, a couple years ago. So I'm really looking forward to that. It should be a great night at the Garden. Uh, already looking for tickets as we speak.
0: (laughs) December 2nd. And might I add a a point to that? uh, Because, you know, you talk about the Mets, and you talk about how teams embrace their past. Now, um, you look at the Yankees, but, but I'm sorry, but you look at the Yankees, right, and you see that even though they like to rub it in your face, they... They emphasize their history. That's part of the franchise that they that that's part of the product that they want to put out. Same thing with the Montreal Canadiens is they embrace their history. Now, obviously, those teams have seemingly have more of a storied history than the New York Rangers. Not to say the New York Rangers' history isn't storied, but in terms of like championships and and players, this and that, and the fourth, you know, those two stand out. The Rangers are definitely up there, of course, because 1926 being around that long, that's no fluke. You're gonna you're gonna have your um, you know your 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 hall of famers coming in and out but one of the things i've noticed in the last couple of years is it seems like the organization uh... It, they're they're starting to become more welcoming to embracing the past, you know, like you know, with the whole Rangers Town uh, mantra, you know, it just, it, it's, it, it, you know, they've always been embracing of the past, but I feel like it's definitely gotten an, an uptick over the last couple of years, you know, like for example, uh, you know, with the whole thing with Rattel, I, I heard, and this is just a rumor that I heard, that the organization and him were not really good terms, and I guess then after a while they smoothed things over and they decided, you know what. Let's retire his number because he was part of a very vital part of Ranger history because Jill Bear is up there. And sure, Jill Bear was a fantastic player, Hall of Famer, no doubt. But the one of the reasons why Jill Bear was so good was not only his talent, but was also the people that he played alongside with. And even though, you know, Vic Hatfield may not be in the Hockey Hall of Fame, I'm assuming he's not. I haven't looked it up yet. I'm guessing he's not. Um, he was still a vital part of this franchise that, Put the Rangers in a position to succeed, and I mean they the Stanley Cup final in '72 or '73, if I'm correct, against the Boston Bruins. And like you said, if you have a line, if you have a name for your line, you obviously did something. You obviously had some kind of impact. So, at the end of the day, it's nice to see a team embrace these players so that us young folk can see, look it up, and appreciate it, and that's good. Unlike the New York Mets, on the other hand, you know, it took them forever to retire Mike Piazza's number. Um, the Rangers seem to put an emphasis on that, and I feel like that brings, you know, the fans and the team together, you know. So I think that's important. And I'm really I'm, – I was, I was happy for him, and, and it's funny you say that. It's funny we talk about, you know, them announcing it at Retail's Night and whatever because, you know, um, the Rangers kind of have this thing where they announce – uh, the 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 next person's number that's going to get retired, and I think it was at I think it was at Brian Leach's retirement ceremony that they announced Adam Graves' I, retirement. Yep. and it's funny you see his reaction; it's utterly hilarious. So I was expecting that to happen, and I kind of said, "If they retire Rattel's number, I have this very strong feeling." I was in the flu. I had the flu when I was in bed. It was a Sunday, and I remember saying to myself while eating soup, "I said." I have a feeling they're going to retire Hatfield's number. And what do you know? And one of the few times I actually get something right, I guessed it right. So it's nice to see that. It's good for Vic Hatfield. He's definitely an important part of this franchise. And I am also look, currently looking for tickets because stupid flu had me miss out on retail ceremony.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, what can you do? Mm-hmm. So, so let's move on to the Atlantic Division preview. Uh, so we'll go back and forth. We'll do uh, we'll each do a team, then we'll talk about them. So the Carolina Hurricanes uh, missed the playoffs again last season. Haven't made them since 2009. Um, their biggest issue last season was goaltending. Scott Darling was not good in his first full season as a starter, uh, having previously been a backup to Corey Crawford in Chicago. Um, well, I will say this just to interject: yeah. uh,
0: David Dayarnay and uh, Mika Zibanejad say otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was. Thanks
1: for stealing my thunder there. But uh, 880 an 888 save percentage. <laughs> thanks to some uh, fantastic goals by Mika and and Day-Arnais, Uh and a 318 goals against average. Uh, he has a decent defense in front of him: uh, Dougie Hamilton and Calvin Dahan were brought in this off season. You know, they still have Noah Hannafin. Um they still have Justin Falk. So they, they have a solid defense. They traded Jeff Skinner um to Buffalo. So their offensive production is going to need to pick up a little bit. And I am wrong about Noah Hannafin. He is I believe he's on the flames now. Okay. Yes. Yeah, this is this is uh okay. So Noah Hadvin's on the flames now. So they have Falk, they have Dahan and they have uh Dougie Hamilton. So that's three solid defensemen. Um, they also brought in Peter Mrazek, who will hopefully push Scott Darling Arcane's fan to improve his game because Mrazek has been a number one starter with Detroit. Um, they drafted Andre Sveshnikov with the number two pick. He was the top rated North American skater in central scouting this summer. Um, and according to the head of central scouting, he plays a consistent and competitive power game. Uh, he can create scoring chances and quickly establish himself as an offensive impact player in the OHL. So, all signs are looking at for Carolina. My big thing for them, aside from the goaltending, will be their scoring. Uh, they lost Jeff Skinner. Um, Sebastian Aho looks like he could be the real deal. But if you're too top-heavy, um, you're not going to win enough games to to out, by outscoring your opponents. Agreed, 100%. So, agreed, 100%. Yeah, so, so, let's see. So let's move on. Uh, the, the Beantown Bruins um, lost in the second round of the playoffs last season to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, one interesting stat that I found was that they were top ten in goals for, goals against, power play, and PK. Um, so that's something that's really good if, if you're a Bruins fan to look forward to. Uh, that They brought back a lot of the same group. Uh, So that, and they have, you know, mostly the same defense, mostly, uh, well, they have the same goalies, so they should be sound defensively. Um, They lost Riley Nash, who had a very good season for them. My concern with Boston is that their forward group is a little top-heavy. You know, Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, David Pasternak, as your top line is, arguably and probably is the best. Um, top line in the league. But then you go down and you have David Backus and Sean Corrali. There isn't a whole lot of you know names uh, to draw from if you're uh, a Bruins fan when you think about their offense. So if they can keep putting the puck in the net, they're going to be in a really good spot. Still have David Krejci, who's a solid center. Um, they have Tuka Rask still. He'll be good for them. Uh, They brought in Yaro Halak as their backup, which just makes me smile that he still has a job in the NHL. (laughs) Um, They didn't have a first-round pick last season, but they did draft Axel Anderson in the second round, who plays for Drew Garden in the SHL in Sweden, uh, where he uh, either is or or was, depending on where he ends up uh, with the Bruins this season, with uh, Rangers draft pick Olaf Lindbaum uh, the goaltender for Drew Garden last season and now this season so JL who do you have in the Atlantic Division well I'd like to make a point about the Bruins
0: before I move on with uh, my team because I was just, uh, of just looking up some things as you were talking about um, <clears throat> we mentioned uh, uh, I think it was not the last podcast I was on when we were talking about uh, I think one of the teams in the West Um, we were talking about the Kings having certain types of players that they have for their team. Now, the Kings have a lot of bigger players, and it fits their system. The Boston Bruins kind of have that same thing where, like you said, they may not have a lot of names outside of, like, Pasternak, um, uh, Brad Marchand, uh, Bergeron, you know, but they have a lot of, like, big gritty guys that you probably have never heard of before like I'm, sh- I'm i'm going to make an assumption that a lot of people have never heard of sean corrales before or danton heinen or even jordan Swores, you know but from what i see is from what i've seen last season some of these guys playing from what i can tell is that they're trying to kind of uh rebuild on the fly but also kind of add those rugged guys in with the skill guys they already have. So I feel like that could either really benefit them or it could hurt them, depending on how the other teams in the uh, division go. But uh, the team that I want to talk about first uh, are the Detroit Red Wings. Now, the thing about the Red Wings is this team is kind of in limbo because – I don't know whether they want to do a short-term rebuild or a long-term rebuild. It seems like they're starting to go more towards a long-term rebuild. But it seems like, you know, with Detroit and Ken Hollins, you know, he doesn't really want to ship out a lot of his guys for – uh, assets because of loyalty, you know. I mean, they they signed they kept signing Dan Cleary to one season contracts for like a good 5 years after he was past his due date. And no offense to Dan Cleary, he's a fantastic player, but he was older and it really set the team back. So now you look at the roster right now and you have a lot of older guys. You know, you have Trevor Daly. You know, Justin Abdelkader's not young. You know, you Mike Green, Darren Helm, uh, Jimmy Howard is somehow 34 years old. I have no idea he was that old. Uh, Nicholas Cronwall's on his last legs, you know, no pun intended. Uh, Nyquist is going to be 29. Uh... Nielsen, Franz Nielsen's 34 years old. Henrik Zetterberg, who might not even start the season, uh, actually he won't start the season. He's 37, 37 years old. He has back problems. Thomas Vanek, good player, 34 years old. So I don't understand what they're trying to do. You know, I don't understand what exactly they were trying to go for. You know, I know um, uh, this season uh, when they drafted. I'm trying to see if I can find it here. They pick, uh, they picked up Zadina. So that's great, you know. Zadina and Joe Valeno, you know, that's that's two solid young additions to the team. And you know, I don't know if they want to plug them in now or they're going to plug them in later. But you know, you look at what they have right now, and I just see middle of the road team. Obviously, they're a lot better than they were two seasons ago, but you know, uh, Affinity, you can't do it all for you. Um, Dylan Larkin can't do it all for you, and Anthony Mantha can't do it all for you. All solid players, and I think they might surprise some people. But don't really know what this team is trying to do. You know, maybe they want to go for a long-term rebuild and let the contracts run out. But then they they get a guy like Thomas Vanek and they bring back Franz Nielsen. It just doesn't make sense to me. So to me, uh, I think they're going to be middle of the road again. You know, um, they're going to be you know just kind of floating. You know, in, in the division, they're just kind of up and down. You know, they'll be average. They won't be the worst, but they probably won't be the best either, you know. so. But I will say this, though. One player that I think will stand out the most, and if anyone wants to fight me on it, please don't. Um, <laughs> and Martin okay. Furk. Okay, Martin Furk. This guy stepped up and he kind of rounded himself out into a better player once they traded away Thomas Tatar. So I think he, he is 24 years old. He's a Czech right winger. I think he'll be someone that'll definitely stand out. And same thing with Athens CU2 kids, 24 years old kid is lightning fast. And I think if the red wings decide to support him the right way, they may end up being a lot better than what most people think. But at the end of the day, I think they'll just end up being uh middle of the road, but you know, so, you know, so yeah. So that that's that's yeah, my take on Detroit. I they'll they'll be middle of the road, but they won't be the worst. You know what I mean? And, like, you know, looking, um,
1: and you and you know, looking at their at their roster here, they have a solid defense. I mean, Trevor Daly is a solid middle six, def, middle four defenseman. Danny DeKaiser is a solid defenseman. I really like Jonathan Erickson's game. Um, Mike Green... Is 32 years old, but he can still run a power play. Yes, he can. Um, and he's he's got another year or two left. So their defense is solid. Their problem is is up front, and you know going through the, the going through their uh, prospects here, there really isn't a whole lot. Uh, you know, you have Zadina obviously, yeah. but other than that, you know, there isn't really a whole lot of you know, names, so to speak. So they, they definitely have the, the chance to be a good team this year. I t- t- just, I agree with you. I don't, I don't see it happening. Even a guy like Luke Wendening, who, who, uh, who stuck around for a little bit last season, he was okay, mm-hmm. but he wasn't anything, he wasn't anything special. So I, I, yeah, I agree with you. They, they have some work to do there in, uh, in Motown. So what else you got? Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so the next team I want to preview, and I have a lot to say about this team, and I'll try and keep it brief, are the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, for incompetence. <laughs> All right. So the Ottawa Senators, uh, I have a, a buddy hey, who's an Ottawa Senators hey, we're, fan.
1: We're, we're Mets fans. We're used to
0: uh, You just stole my thunder, and I appreciate that because I took yours, but I was just going to make that comparison <laughs> that
1: the um,
0: they're pretty much like the New York Mets of the National Hockey League. Now, I don't know how you can take a team that, you know, push through to the Eastern Conference Final against our Rangers, boo, all the mm. way to complete and utter mediocrity, and just, oh my goodness, it's amazing how one guy can ruin a team. Knock, knock the little ponds. knock, knock. Anyways, so... <laughs> Not only, not, not only are they similar in the Mets in the sense that the ownership and the management is a giant tire fire, but they also have terrible relations with their star player. Just like the Mets treat Johannes Cespedes like a piece of garbage, the Ottawa Senators have done nothing but give a thorn on the side to Eric Carlson. Now, I like Eric Carlson a lot. I think he is a generational player, in the back end, you don't get defensemen like him. Maybe Rasmus Dahlin will end up becoming Eric Carlson uh, in sometime in the near future. But Eric Carlson is one of those guys that just makes your team better, even if you have just a bunch of. AHL guys on your team that 's how good he is, and the senators were able to luck out with him and they had a couple of decent runs with him. you know We saw a lot of Carlson in two thousand and twelve when with the Rangers would play them, you know, and uh, just him being around the ice was great, but they never really gave him much of supporting staff but Now you look at their roster here. And it's a surprise that even Brady Kachuk even decided to stick with them because, you know, seeing as how the whole situation is with their ownership and their management, you would think that he would stay at BU and then, you know, run out his contract and then sign with someone else. But, you know, props to him for wanting to jump into the NHL soon enough. But, you know, it just seems like the roster is primarily an AHL roster and it's no disrespect to anyone on the team it's just that everyone's a role player on that team. I love Marion Gabrick I love what he did with the Rangers but he's 36 years old, he doesn't have the legs anymore he doesn't have the shot because his wrist is messed up. Uh, Matt Duchesne uh, can't really say much about him except for the fact that he completely underwhelmed in Ottawa you know, maybe he'll do a little bit better with better support if they feel the need to uh, bring more people because they really don't have a supporting cast. You know, you look at all the scorers, quote-unquote, they have on the team, Mikhail Boddicker, Paul Carey. We saw Paul Carey last season. We all know what he was capable of. Yeah, he got a hat-trick one game. Great. You know, my nephew scores hat-tricks in NHL video games. So what? We're all capable of doing good <laughs> things every so often, you know. Um, Ryan Dezingle, role player. Gabrick, old. Max McCormick, AHL. Magnus Harvey, They didn't really turn out to be the player he was supposed to when they drafted him. Pajot, uh, he was a flame. He's on and off. Bobby Ryan isn't the same. Mark Stone is probably the only one I can honestly say that is a sure thing to be solid outside of Carlson. You know, Mark Stone is a really solid player and I hope he finds another place to go after this season. Any good team could use uh, Mark Stone very well. And then you just look at the rest of the team. The defense isn't nothing to write home about. Thomas Shabbat, he's young. He'll he'll be okay. Mark Borbieski, eh. You know, Craig Anderson and the net, eh. You know, uh, Mike Condon, eh, and So Ben Harper, eh. They lost Freddie Clayson, who was Carlson's uh, defense partner. That 's a big loss, because now Carlson's going to have to do things on his own with someone that he 's never played with, you know so I just I think this team is going to be um, just a complete wash, and Carlson better figure out or the senators better figure out what to do with Eric Carlson because they don 't want to end up losing another trade like they did with the uh, tourist trade, so I just think Ottawa's just going to be. Uh, just a straight tire fire. They're going to probably be last in the division, and if they somehow end up surprising me, I will gladly eat crow. But I just don't think, you know, with the way the management is and the lack of fan support they have, and just the overall culture that this team is brewing, I just don't think they're going to be as good as, you know, even if on paper they're just going to they're just going to be a bad team this year. And, I, and I'm, I'm I'm a guy that likes to say things straight up, and they're just going to be bad. And and. and You know, to add to that, you know, it sucks to see good players on bad teams, you know. If the team is bad and the organization is trying, okay, I understand. You know, uh, the New York Jets are the perfect example of that. At some point, the Jets actually tried to get better. But the Ottawa Senators here, I just don't see any effort from ownership or even the GM to try and make the team better. Do you... Pierre Dorian could get such a haul for Eric Carlson, he should have already been dealt. I think he's going to hit the market. They're going to pull an Islanders, and they're not going to get anything for him, because then they're going to have the other teams are going to have that leverage and say, "Look, man, we don't want to give up someone for a guy whose uh, contract runs out at the end of the year." So,
1: I just think they're going to be dead last this year. I I would I would tend to agree. Um, the only other thing I'd say about the Senators is. Because they have Craig Anderson, there's still that chance that he can get hot for mm-hmm. like two months. He can get hot for about two months, and they can steal games where they can play spoiler um, down the road. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't, you know, I, as as someone who coaches hockey, um, you never, you never, you always tell your team never to underestimate your opponents, um, and I not. think that's going to be very important uh when teams play the senators not because they're going to be great on paper but they're going to want to prove to the rest of the league that they're not as bad mm-hmm. as everyone makes them out to be
0: so no, that's how that's how they went on their run on the eastern conference right. final that year no one thought they were going to make it even even us like let's be honest no one none, none of us actually thought the the Rangers were going to lose that series but apparently according to the person who shall not be named he had other ideas
1: <laughs> you know yeah well so, well when you bench your best defensive pairing for yeah. for most of yeah okay let's move on mm-hmm. so <laughs> so moving on to the Toronto Maple Leafs Um, obviously, well, before we get to the big news of the summer, they lost to the Bruins in the first round in seven games. Uh, they signed, uh, John Tavares to a hometown discount. Uh, he could have gotten a lot more money elsewhere, but, uh, as we've all seen the pictures, he literally dreamt about playing for the Leafs, uh, in his Maple Leafs bed. So let's, uh, so let's move on from there. So Tavares, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, Aust- I wouldn't call what he had a, uh, I wouldn't call what he had a
0: hometown discount. Well, maybe to him, but well, for maybe, me, right. if I were, if I were to get that kind of money, that's a care package.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> semantics, as they say. Yeah. So, so Tavares now joins Austin Matthews and Nazem Kadri as the top three centers in Toronto. Obviously, one of the deeper. Um, center groups in the Eastern Conference and maybe even the league. Um, the, he joins players like William Nylander and Mitch Marner and Zach Hyman. So the Leafs have a lot of offensive talent. And as, as uh, they pointed out in the 31 and 31 video uh, that the NHL put out on uh, YouTube, Tavares isn't going to be the top-line center. It's still going to be Austin Matthews. Tavares as a second line center, which is is something that takes you a second to to really digest. They're going to be really dangerous this year. Um, you know their their defense is still a little lacking. Uh, I really like uh, Jake Gardner's game, but is he a number one defenseman? Um, they have Connor Carrick looked really good last season for me. Uh, Nikita Zaitsev is a solid. Uh, second- or third-pair defenseman. So Travis Dermot also looked uh, pretty good in the few games I saw him play. So they have a lot of young, de- uh, not-developed talent at all positions, really. Uh, but they're real talents in the forward group. Uh, Kasperi Kapanen, uh, Andreas Janssen, um, Josh Levo, These are all guys that are going to make an impact on the Leafs in the years to come. Uh, They drafted Rasmus Sandin, uh, who led the OHL points last season for defensemen. So, and and they're coming off of a, the organization is at least a Calder cup win in the AHL for the Toronto Marlies. Um, They have a new GM in Kyle Dubas, who's so far done all the right moves so far, so, the Leafs are gonna be really interesting to watch. I see them getting well, they haven't won a playoff round in a very long time. I think this is the year they they break that curse, so to speak. I can see them getting to the third round uh in the Eastern Conference this season. um so that's kind of my take. We'll see how we'll see how Freddie Anderson does this season. uh he's got a few backups that are going to be fighting for that role. Uh, Curtis McElhaney, um, Garrett Sparks, Calvin Picard. So these are all guys who are, who have NHL experience, but aren't, certainly aren't number one goalies that will need to fight for the right to be Freddie Anderson's backup. Um, but again, this is, this is the Leafs' year to really show the league what they can do. And with Tavares as your, not, as not your best player, He's going to really shine uh, in for his hometown team. So before we move on, Jael, what do you have on the Toronto Maple Leafs? Well,
0: I think this is going to be a very solid squad. Kyle Dubas really is trying to reinforce the bottom part of his team. The only thing that he needs to do is get a top pair D because Travis Dermott saw him live when they shut out the Rangers at Madison Square Garden last season. Fantastic player. The, they they have a lot of role players and they mixed it right by getting um Tavares and and getting um, you know, Marlowe and having Matthews and Marner. You know, they really did a solid job at resurrecting this team from the ashes, and I guess what this team was missing was secondary scoring. As much as Jan- James Van Reemsdyke was good, I think he started to wear out his welcome in Toronto. So they added guys like Tyler Ennis, who was still good in his own right. They added a guy like Josh Joris, who even though we didn't see much of him, he can compete for a lower, uh, uh, bottom six uh, center spot. Uh, he has a enlisted as right wing, but he can also play the middle as well. Kadri's going to be good, of course. Um, Kaspery Kapanen, who I think that's Sammy Kapanen's son, um, he's also very, very good. He's 22, but he's definitely going to contribute a lot more to this team uh, moving forward. And then obviously you obviously got John Tavares, who we all have seen over the last nine years. So I think once this team gets a real solid uh, shutdown defenseman, then Will they be good? Because as much as Jake Gardner, I mean, Maple Leafs fans hate Jake Gardner. They can't stand him. They would they they would kick him out of they would kick him out of town faster than any Canadiens fan out wait, there.
1: Wait, wait, wait. So so, you so know, are you saying? Are you saying Jake Gardner is the left-handed Dan Girardi? You are correct on that. Ooh. Although I didn't really
0: want, although I really, I really didn't want Girardi to be bought out like the way he did. I kind of wish they had traded him because I like G. But yes, he is the left-handed Jake uh, Dan Girardi. So, but other than that, they get they get themselves a solid D either now or or once the season starts. You know, like you said,
1: this will be the season they finally win a playoff series. You know. You know, and 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 the only other thing with the Leafs is, are they going to have a uh, I believe the Oklahoma City Thunder, I'm not much of a basketball fan, but, you know, when you have so many top-end talents, and, and, you know, basketball, it's only one guy can have the ball. Well, in mm-hmm. hockey, only one guy can have the puck at a time. So are they going to be able to gel with Matthews and Tavares and Nylander and Hyman and Kapanen and all these talents? Um, and Marner, how, how could I forget? Um so that's really the only thing with the Leafs. I think once they get all that figured out and they get their lines together and uh, Mike Babcock has them playing the way he wants them to play, I think they're going to mm-hmm. be a very scary team to play against. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Um, so my last one, and I saved the best for last, are the Tampa Bay Lightning, otherwise known as Ranger South. Um, <laughs> They lost in the Eastern Conference Finals last season um, to the Washington Capitals. Uh, Their third Eastern Conference Finals in the last four years. Led the NHL in goals per game. Uh, Nikita Kucherov had 100 points. They are, without a doubt, the deepest team in the NHL. Um, Kucherov and Stamkos and Braden Point and, uh, and JT Miller now and Andre Palat, and a whole bunch of guys uh, in their forward group, of course. And then on defense, Ryan McDonough and Dan Girardi and Victor Hedman and Anton Stroman, who's right there, and Mikhail Sergachev, who looks like he could be one of the next uh, Norris Trophy-level defensemen. Braden Coburn's a solid 6-D. Um, there's really nothing bad to say about the Lightning other than their penalty kill last season was uh, in the bottom five in the NHL, and they gave up almost three goals a game um, at even strength. So one other thing which I thought was interesting when I watched the 31-31 and was Andre Vasilevsky, their all-star goaltender, admitted toward the end of the season that he was a little tired, um, something which John Cooper is going to have to figure out how to keep his his goaltender fresh, uh, especially towards the end of the season where they haven't been able to get over the hump of getting to and winning the Stanley Cup. They got to the Stanley Cup in 2015 but weren't able to defeat the uh, Blackhawks then. Uh, the only other thing of note um, is that they got rid of their assistant coaches um, and brought in two new ones, including former Ranger Jeff Halpern. Um, Perhaps it was the penalty kill and the defense that led to that, uh, but they still like John Cooper's system. Uh, Did Steve Eiserman who somehow is making all this talent, fit under the cap? Um, So maybe the the new voices uh, alongside John Cooper will help Tampa uh, get to the promised land. They're my favorites coming out of the East. Um, and then we'll give our division predictions as after uh, Jail gives us his final two teams.
0: All right. Well, thank you for that. And just a quick note on Tampa. They were, they're were they pretty much built just like the old school uh, 2010 to like 2013 Rangers, except they have Steven Stamkos and they have a lot more scoring. Don't know how they're going to deal with all those big contracts, but you know what? For right now, like I said, they're the favorites. They're going to do well. So I happen to agree with that. Now, moving on to a team that I think might actually surprise some people this season are the Buffalo Sabres. My goodness, they had a fantastic offseason, uh, first by drafting uh, – none other than Rasmus Dahlin, Uh, knowing the Buffalo Sabres, they kind of flub on a lot of things, but they just couldn't mess this up, kind of like how Edmonton couldn't mess up drafting uh, Connor McDavid. Uh, What they did was it seems like they're trying to build a stronger bottom. And I know I've mentioned this a lot, but they have top-end talent on this team. They do. You know, Akposo is still a top-end talent. He's a little older, but he's top-end talent. You know, Palmerville could still be considered top-end talent. They just traded for Jeff Skinner, who I wanted to be a Ranger, but still, he's very, still very, very good at the age of 26. Wow, that blows my mind that he's 26 years old. Uh, they, they it seems like they have a solid defense with uh, Rasmus Ristolainen. What they're trying to do now is it seems like they found themselves a halfway decent core, you know, with Jack Eichel and Bogosian and Okposo and, and and Sam Reinhart and all that, adding Skinner, they added Sabotka. I think most importantly, them adding um Patrick Berglund in exchange for um Ryan O'Reilly, not you know, direct of course, but he was part of the trade. Um, they are trying to uh, solidify the bottom pairs or the bottom forward lines so that the top guys can do what they do and then they don't get ran over by everybody else, you know? You also can't forget about Casey Middlestadt, who is only 19 years old. The kid has crazy good hands, you know? Zemgis Girgensons is not someone to take lightly as well. Jack Eichel, as I mentioned. You know, Nate Boulieu Why did Montreal trade him? That's your answer, because it's Montreal. And then they ended up getting... Um, Connor Sheary, who I think will help this team a lot. And I just, I think at the end of the day, this team will definitely be a lot better than they were last season. They won't win the division, but I think maybe they're another one or two moves away from just being a real solid hockey team. They're going away from getting the names like a Gianta or a Puglia. I mean, not that they're big names, but, you know, those guys had success in the past you know, or like a Molson or whatever. It seems like they're going away from that and they're trying to build a different brand, which is good because I like Buffalo. I have a buddy who's a Buffalo Sabres fan. He's a long-suffling bu- Buffalo Sabres fan. And if, if them winning something doesn't come to the expense of the New York Rangers, then I'll be perfectly fine with the Buffalo Sabres doing well. So they'll be, you know, a team to, you know, can't put them down, but they'll definitely give you some kind of surprise. And to finally go to my last team are the Florida Panthers. I have no idea what these guys are doing. Let me just put that out there. It, this team <laughs> confuses me. Yes, they confuse me. They have so many good players on this team. Alexander Barkov, Nick Bukestad, uh, Aaron Ekblad in his own right. They got Mike Hoffman, who is a good player in his own right. You know, Huberdeau, uh, well so let me not say Hoffman because he hasn't played for them yet. Um, Huberdo, uh, they have uh, Mark Pissick is a solid defenseman in his own right. Keith Yandel, my favorite defenseman. They have Keith Yandel. How can you possibly go wrong with Keith Yandel? And again, it's just one of these teams that doesn't really know what they're doing and they're kind of stuck in limbo. They have all this talent and they don't surround it with what needs to be surrounded with. You know, solid players, solid supporting staff. Say what you want about Frank Verrano? Not the guy that you need. Alexander Petrovic is still a good defenseman. Who else is really there for that team? You know, so I I, I and they have Luongo in net. Sure, he's old, but so is Henrik Lundqvist. He's still pretty good. It just I feel like this team has so much talent, and every season they come in with all these players, they just continue to underwhelm. They won't be the worst team, but I just don't think they're just gonna like like the Detroit Red Wings. They're just gonna meddle, you know. I just think they're gonna meddle, and you know, unless they make some drastic changes. You know, maybe trade Yandel for some picks. <laughs> Back to the Rangers. What? Um <laughs> Um You know, move, just move some pieces around and just try and get someone to help Ekblad and Barkov. Because those are pretty much your two guys, Barkov and Ekblad. So build around that. Get some better players for these guys. You know?
1: So that that's just my yeah, take on I, that. I you know. I I I agree with you on the on the Panthers there, you know, they're, they're a team that they always seem to play spoiler while fighting for their own spot in the playoffs, but still end up, you know, a handful of points out. Um, I, I, I do like their team uh, as well, but like you said, they, they haven't been able to get over the hump and they didn't really make any, you know, high imp moves in the offseason. Yes, they brought in Mike Hoffman from Ottawa, um, who was a very good player when he was with the Senators, but is it going to be enough to really get the team over the edge? Um, so let's give our predictions um, for the Atlantic Division. Uh, I, for me, it's Tampa number one. It's Toronto number two. It's Boston number three. I'm gonna say Florida. I, I, you know, I I think they can put it together. I don't think Detroit's gonna be good enough. I don't think um, Montreal is okay. I don't see them being as um, as they as they can be, even though they have Carey Price. But the one thing I'd like to add
0: about the Canadians is I don't think they'll be good as well, and here's why. Because um, uh, I think Mark Bergervan and his crew, I think, have have too much power, and they really do a terrible job at handling the star players that they have. I mean, for goodness sake, why do you trade... Um, P.K. Suban for Shea Weber. Not in the front to Shea Weber by any means whatsoever, because Shea Weber is still a solid defenseman, but he's older, and he has more mileage on him. It's, and my thing is is that I think he doesn't fit the kind of culture that they want, but the problem is is that you you really do not help your team by doing that. And, you know, I don't want to go out and say that it's a French bias, but just look at the way that they're treating Patsy already, you know. Patchy Reddy is an American-born player. He's from New Canaan, Connecticut, and it just seems like it, since he started, when once he got the captaincy, it just seems like he's just been walked all over, and it sucks because he's a solid player. Would I take Patchy Reddy on the Rangers? Absolutely, I would. It also helps that he was a Ranger fan as a kid. You know, so you know if the Rangers could somehow uh, bamboozle them again like they did uh, for McDonough uh, with Bob Gainey. I, I I think that would be great, but you know they just Jonathan Drewan for Sergachev. I think that was a stupid trade. As much as I think Drewan may be a halfway decent player, it he kind of doesn't have the flair that he had in junior, unlike Sergachev, who is shown to be solid. Andrew Shaw, he's older, injury-prone. Carey Price is not the same anymore because of his multiple injuries. You know, and the guy is only 31 years old. You know, Thomas Placanitz, old. They, they, they re-signed him after trading him. Max Domi, uh, uh, and also Galchenyuk, too. Look at the way they treated Galchenyuk. You know, Galchenyuk had his thing going on. He had some personal problems that was going on. And I, I feel like Montreal kind of put him on blast a little bit, and they mistreated him. So I feel like even though they do have good players on this team – by the way, this is a team that signed Carl Alsner to a long-term deal. And that's just ridiculous. Not a bad defensive by any means, but not for the money that they're paying him. Um, they do have good players on their team. Like Max Domi is a decent player. Philip Dano is a good player. Uh, Brandon Gallagher is a great player. Uh, in going down the list, too, you have um, David Schlemko, who's also been a solid defenseman, you know, bottom pair D. But outside of that, I mean, just it's just like a team that you just threw things at a wall and see if it's stuck, you know. This team is going to just be perennially bad unless they decide to change the culture of the team, just like the Senators, except not as toxic, you know. So... In terms of my division predictions, now that we mentioned Montreal, in terms of my division predictions, uh, obviously I think Tampa Bay is going to take number one. Uh, Toronto will probably be in second. And uh, third place will end up being the Boston Bruins, I assume. Fourth place, Buffalo. Uh, fifth place, Detroit. Sixth place, the Panthers. And then rounding out the bottom two will be uh, Ma- Montreal and Ottawa. That'll be, the, that'll be the fight of which team can be more bad.
1: And I know that's grammatically incorrect but I say that for a reason. So, yeah, I I I agree with you there and and like we've seen the last 2 years, uh it will only be three teams coming out of the Atlantic and it will be Boston, Tampa and Toronto. Uh the Metro is far stronger and should have both wild cards in the East. So, uh that was fun. So, let's uh Get everyone set for next time. Next time we're going to be doing the Metropolitan Division. Ah, uh, oh, yes. Finally. You know, save save the best for last, as they say. So uh, we'll do the Metro Division. We'll have uh, the Traverse City tournament results to go over. The Rangers will be in the middle of training camp, uh, I believe. So lots to come. Uh, next week um, and uh, JL, talk to you next time that was a lot of fun yes it was, thank you so much Zach for having me on and Russell,
0: hope to see you again soon buddy feel better buddy, yeah. all right alright,
1: take care everyone and let's go Rangers <laughs>
0: And let's go, Raider Nation. It's me, Evan Grote, host of Just Pod Baby. Join me as I bring you the latest news on your Las Vegas Raiders. On Just Pod Baby, I will give you my thoughts on all things silver and black. And of course, you can expect to receive the best information from top-notch guests. Be sure to listen to Just Pod Baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast, part of the Silver and Black Today Media Group.
1: What's going on? You have John Wangland, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at is Khabib Namaga Madoff versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW, Monday Nitro Watch along, and we take a look back at Triple H and his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling With Reality on all major podcast outlets.